man, my God. But the Lord don't move that mountain. And, and you watch, um, I'll tell you our, little, our story. Watching a single mom raise two kids by herself. One day we were living on 83rd Street in L.A. Then we moved to Compton. We bought, it was Al Downing, Al Downing, the baseball player. We bought his house. Famous baseball player. One got Hank Aaron hit a home run, <laughs> 715. Well, Al Downing was playing with the Dodgers, and we bought his house. Kenny Landro used to live across the street. Uh, Reggie Smith used to live across the street. And these are people that were famous at that time, you know, and we have to be Compton was a nicer area then, and we had the most beautiful house on the street, the most beautiful house on the street. And the point I'm making is to you that when my, my mom and dad were together when I was five, when we moved, my father didn't move with us. And, and I don't know all the particulars. My mother never talked about it. She just kept on, put her head down and kept on living. Single mom decided that this is not going to stop me. Whatever happened is not going to stop me. Every night, she'd be sewing. Sewing for people, making clothes. Every night. Every night, making clothes for people. I, I never, never knew. Didn't discover. See, some of the stuff you're living through, you don't discover until later. I, did, I, thought, I thought she liked sewing. <laughs> No, she was sewing to make money to take care of her kids and her household that she just got and to furnish a house and take care of her mother and, and her two, two boys. And, and it was not easy for her to do all this. And I looked at her joy that she had all the time. Her commitment to God. Her commitment to God was so much that... Her two sons have come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, not because she preached at us and made us do anything, but she lived it right in front of us. Lived it right in front of us. Every day lived it right in front of us. We'd hear these songs and just, oh, God, here we go. We're going to church again. It's like any other little kid that don't want to go to church or whatever. We're doing the same thing. But my brother and I both now recognize that God was imparting his spirit in us. He was imparting his life in us through the words of the songs that my mother would sing. Didn't have to preach it. She worshipped it. She lived it. To live it. To live it right in front of you is a powerful, powerful thing. And, and, and that's where I think our lives, our lives have a tendency, we have a tendency sometimes to forget there's some important people in our lives that have made some impact in us that we don't always say thank you to them all the time. Thank you, Mom. Thank you. Because I never anticipated doing what I'm doing now. I never anticipated this. I never anticipated being a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. But I did anticipate as I got saved that I'd be a good Christian. And being a good Christian is just really honoring God and worshiping him. Spirit and in truth. All the time. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what's happening, no matter what you think, you know, you train them up in the way they should go, 
In the end, they won't depart. In the end, they won't depart. I look at my Byron, my brother, and I, and I and look at him and go like, you know, we, we didn't depart. Yeah, you don't see him as often, but Byron saved and loved Jesus all, all his heart. And, and so we didn't, we didn't depart, and we've been part of that to our children. And because we've done that, and we watch our kids, we watch our kids grow up, and we try to figure out, are they going to make it? <laughs> are they going to be okay? She wondered that same thing. But there was a time in my life when I just kind of went up. I went left field. I went way left field, and I was just praying and praying and praying and praying and believing God and believing God and believing God and believing God. And and when I got saved, it was the best day of my life. I'm talking about salvation. To the core of salvation. Knowing who Jesus really is and not pretending to live because you want to please somebody else. When I got saved, I wasn't nowhere near home. I was in a foreign land among people I did not know or even trust. And all of a sudden, God got a hold of me. And he led me into his life. God led me. He can do the very same thing for any one of us today that, that would choose to surrender our lives to him. Listen, we may be saved today, but are we surrendered? Are we surrendered to his lordship? You see, there's savior and lord, not just savior. Saving grace is one thing, but having the lordship grace is the grace that gives you the favor to be able to live with him forever. The lordship grace is to say, God, whatever you want for me, that I'll do. Whenever you want me, God, I'll do it. I'll be there for you. Whatever you desire of me, God, it all belongs to you. This life doesn't belong to me anymore. I've given my life over to you for that reason. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. This morning, I'm going to talk about something that kind of, I believe, will go right along with this because I have been a very favored man all my life. Favored all my life. I recognized when I played sports and as a small kid, I was always the team captain of some sport or, or leading in some kind of educational experience at school or, and doing things that if, everybody else would get a chance to do. My going to McDonald's, I'm working at PM. You know, <laughs> how, how does that happen? You don't have an experience. That's the favor of God. That's the favor of God. I mean, how, how do you get a chance to, to, to live, live a life and, and, and be, be, a, be in Compton, California, where, where there's gangbangers and people all around the area that I lived in, and, and, and people, people would not bother me because they knew my mother? No, 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 no. They knew her because they, mom would take, hey, listen, you think she's sweet and nice? Mom didn't take no crap. Mom was tough. Go to the baseball field, these little boys trying to play games with her, her two boys when she wasn't married. When she wasn't married, they, tried to, they, they wouldn't get away with stuff. They wouldn't get away with stuff. I, I'm, not, I'm supposed to change today. I'm not sure what happened here, Lord. Sure this is not the message, but that's okay. When I was about 11, 12 years old, my mother was uh, dating a man after being single for Single from, I was, I was five, six years old. She was single. She was dating this man. The guys that used to come up to my mom, you can tell she's beautiful, but she's, she's like fine back, fine, fine, fine. Back then, I, I thought she was my sister, so I didn't know what was going on. But, <laughs> but these newscasters would come calling at our house, 
newscasters. You watch a guy on TV, newscaster, they got to be at our house trying to take my mother out. She's looking at him like, hmm. <laughs> they would, <laughs> newscast, different guys that would come, they, and she's like, no, mm-mm. But she met Stan Reed. Some of you had a chance to meet him when we first started the church. He passed away back on December 15th of 1996. I'm sorry, 1996. That was the day, if you were in church that Sunday morning, I threw my Bible right down the center aisle. I, threw, I didn't know why I did it, because I didn't know he had died at that point. But I threw my Bible down, right down the center aisle, so I remember that day. But that man, that man was a Scientologist. My mother got married to him. I didn't know what Scientologist was, wasn't quite that sure about what a Christian was. But he got radically saved. Studied the word of God, you, he'd have an office. He, he's not a pastor, he's a deacon in a church, he became a deacon in a church, but he got the word of God and began to study it. I mean, he studied the word of God to the point we had books and notebooks all over the house and he'd have his glasses on and reading, it, reading the book and getting the Greek and the Hebrew and all these different kinds of things. And he studied for his own edification. Not to preach, not to teach nobody nothing, but to learn for himself. Whatever he had learned before, he wouldn't put that much t- time into it. He put, that, he put that kind of time into serving God. And I watched that work ethic. I watched that work ethic for years and years and years and years, and as I grew into an adulthood, I became a mini him in some ways. I honor him. My stepfather, who I call Pop, made the best sandwiches in the world. Man, we take us out and go to these wonderful sandwiches. I enjoy those sandwiches to this day. I can't make a sandwich like that if I tried to real hard. <laughs> but his life emulated Christ. Emulated Christ. So we're talking about favor for a moment, right? Right. So favor, favor happened with my mom in so many ways in her life. And I watched the favor come into our lives as well. But when she got married to Stan Reed, the favor jumped on his life too. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds what? A good thing and obtains what? Favor of the Lord. Now, she had favors a single person, he had favors a single man, but I'm telling you this, something happened when they got married, and the favor of God jumped on her and it doubled on us. I'm talking about things that, you know, some, some kids, you know, my mother, my mother would put money away and just put money away and put money away to do different things. I'm going to get you guys a car, get you a car, get you a car. When I bought a car, cash, just like, pick, pick out the car you want to get, bought it cash, it's like $3,072. That's how much it costs. <laughs> Tax included, everything. My brother bought the same kind of car I got the next year, $3,072. Same, same car. Same, different color. But the favor of God came in our lives in such a way that we didn't even recognize that we had this kind of favor. Now, uh, today I'm in a different place. I'm in a different place. I'm actually realizing that I walk in favor. You see, no, no, see, you don't understand it. When you know you walk in favor, my, my mother, mom and, and pops, they walked in favor and they knew it. Because you know what they kept on doing? Being obedient. Being humble. They kept on honoring God with their first fruits. Kept on honoring God in their possessions. Kept on honoring God in everything that they did. And they kept on doing that. Kept on doing that. Favor just kept coming. Favor just kept coming. 
Oh, listen, my pops right across the street was a house. Uh, I told you, told you this part of the story before, but there was an apartment, some, some apartments across the street from my house. Now, we got the nicest house on the street. I'm not kidding. We had the nicest house on the street. Stan shows up. We now we had, we had ivy in the front, a beautiful ivy. He said, okay, we put the nice, turn it to nice grass, put a nice little fence around there, extend the house, make it a bigger house. It became from the nice, nicest house to the nicest, nicer house. I mean, good Lord, this thing became really uh, just beautiful. But so the guy across the street that owned these apartments had been watching Stan Reed, just observing his life, liking the fact that this guy just showed up out of nowhere. Who was he? He was out cutting the grass, smiling and smiling. He was having a good time. He wanted the sons cutting the grass because I, I, I did housework. I, did, I was a house guy. My brother was the outside guy. That's how we did, how we did things. And we had to work. We had to work. <laughs> we had to work. But here it is. This man observed Stan's life such a way. He came to him and said, listen, son, older guy, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I want to sell you these apartments. He said, I can't afford those apartments. He said, I'm going to make it for you. I'm going to make it work for you. He made it work for him, for my mother and father. They weren't landlords before. They were homeowners at that point. And they became landlords of an apartment complex that was, that was theirs. That was not, it wasn't given to them. Now they, they had to work for it and get, make it work. They upgraded it. They made it look good. That, they became one of the best-looking apartment complex. We had houses on one side of the street and apartments on the other side of the street. And that would be right, right, right directly across the street from our house were a set of apartments. Stan Reed decides, you know what? I need a manager for the apartments. My grandmother... My grandmother became the manager who did nothing, absolutely nothing. He knew that. He knew that ahead of time that she wasn't going to do nothing. But the idea was that she'd have a place to live. She'd have a place. She, she, she would tell everything that went on. All the business, all the business, all the business was being told by, by everybody. That that's what he really wanted to know was what's really going on around here. <laughs> but the favor of God was on my mother. She got married, it's on, her, it's, on her, it's on her children. Because she got married, it's on her husband now. Favor got my grandmother. See how this favorite thing is working? Amen. The people now that are incorporated and they're living in those apartments begin to get favor as a result of what's going on in their lives. See, one person, one person that understands favor can see favor multiplied in the lives of other people as well. I'm talking about not because you got all the money to get something to happen. They didn't have the money to get those apartments. Probably wouldn't even have tried to get the apartments if they wasn't for favor. <laughs> that favor is powerful. <laughs> I've been blessed to have favor twice. You, you're blessed if you get it one time. I've been blessed to have favor twice in my marriages. First with Barbara, and now with Benita. Benita, Bible says, find, find a wife, find a good thing. I found her. Found a good thing. And what I learned to do is that you begin to care for. This is what I learned from my mother and father. That you care for what you find. You didn't hear me. You care for what you find. What's put in front of you. You care for that. And the favor of God will come. I mean the favor of God will come when you, when you, you, you don't despise the small beginnings. Listen to Benita's story in her life, and she'll tell you part of her story at some point, but um, as, as she began as a single mom, raising her daughter, 
her daughter going to college and getting her master's degree and, and, and now becoming a, a professional in her field in the field of medicine and, and all these things as a result of a single mom giving her life to God and the favor of God comes upon her. In the midst of this, she wants to have a home because she'd been renting and go from place to place to place to place. And God saw fit to give her, not just give her to her home, but favored her with a home that she as a single mom was able to do on her own. Oh, I saw a picture of it when, before, before it was what it is now and, and where it's headed to is a whole other world. But I'll tell you this, but before, before it was what it is now, there was no fence around it. There was, no, there was none of the stuff that we see today. There's none of the, the floors. And all, and none, none of that looked like it looked today. God had done some things in her life that, that were just phenomenal because he, she found the favor of God. But then here I am again, find a wife, find a good thing, obtain favor of the Lord. I receive more favor. I'm telling you, opportunities begin to come my direction that I've not had before in my life. The things that begin to go on in my life in ministry uh, begin happening outside the church that are favorable to me. I say, God, God you, just, you keep on doing things to me. And, I, and he's, what I, the point I'm really getting to today is that recognize that you have favor, that you, you serve a God of favor. You serve a God. We serve a God that desires, listen, his desires that we would prosper, be in health even as our soul prospers. But see, what comes along with all of the obedience and our humility is the favor of God. Now, if we don't recognize favor, you know what ends up happening? We'll walk right through it. Walk right past it. Walk right past it. Favor right there. Just keep on walking. We'll miss favor if we're not looking for it. You don't, live, you don't live married 65 years without favor. You don't have six children that are still alive without favor. You don't have six children that serve Jesus without favor. You see that? The favor of God is present in our lives. I can go around this room right now. I'm not going to do it. But I, I'm, looking, I'm looking at all of you, and I'm looking at the favor of God that's on your life and has been on your life for a long time, and I want you to recognize that it really is there. No, no, it really is there. It's really present with you. In my worst of times, the favor of God showed up in my life. No, in my worst of times, the favor of God showed up in my life. I watched when my mother would be, when I was a child, I never saw her and my dad argue. I never saw them do, I know they had disagreements, I'm sure they did, but I never saw them argue. I never have a cross word with one another. I never saw them struggling, struggling, and, and we, we can't pay these bills. I never saw them do that. We're having a difficult time, we've got to cut back on, I never saw them do that. All I saw us do together is prosper. That's all I ever saw. They prosper in their jobs. They become uh, uh, leader, uh, uh, supervisors in the place where they worked at the gas company. They became supervisors, and they traveled around, did different things, oversaw people. My mother wanted to retire, retired. They called her back to come back to work because they had to train the person that took her a job. They couldn't do it. <laughs> Favor of God. They had to pay her more money because she, I, got the, I got the retirement benefits, and they're going to pay me more money to do the same thing I used to do before, just to train somebody to do that. They're not responsible for it, really? So what's wrong with this? Well, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my retirement right now. Let me go get this money. <laughs> the favor of God. That's the favor of God. Where are you with God's favor? 
Do you believe you have it? See, do you believe you have it? See, you can get it. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Favor is getting what you're not used to getting. Probably don't deserve to get it, but you get it anyway. <laughs> and when you, get, listen, when we get this because of being obedient, I looked at, I looked at, I was looking at, I have a whole message up here, but I'm not going to preach it, obviously not now. But I'm looking at Noah, favor. Abraham, favor. All the way to the New Testament, Mary, highly favored. And one of the things about all these people that they had in their lives is that they were all obedient. They all were humble as well. And so through humility, 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 that we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he will lift us up, right? But see, there's some humble people that sometimes are not obedient. I'll say that again. How can you be humble and not obedient? False humility. False humility will cause you to look like pious and look like you're humble and look like you're doing the part, but not understanding that there's obedience that comes with this thing. So humility and obedience work hand in hand so that favor is produced. If you go to Proverbs chapter 3, for verse 1 through 35, you'll see obedience, obedience, favor, favor, obedience, obedience, favor, favor, obedience, obedience, favor, favor. And this favor shows up more times in more ways than obedience does. All it takes is being obedient a few times. Be obedient a few times. And in the last verse talks about humility. It went through all of that, and I talked about humility one time until the very end in verse number 35. Verse 35 talks about being humble. And as we're humble, we get this favor. I want to walk in that kind of favor. You want to walk in that kind of favor? You want to live in that kind of favor? I mean live in that kind of favor. How many of you need favor right now, right now, right now, right now? You need favor right now, right now, right now. Keep your hands lifted up. Keep your hands lifted up because I want to pray with you right now. Father, I thank you for those that have their hands lifted high right now. That as I have been just discussing and t testifying about favor in, our, in my own life and the life of my mother and, and my father and my wife and, and father in, my, in our lives, our children's lives, Father, that you have granted us favor. Father, I pray I convey favor to these that are here, Father, in the sound of my voice. I convey to them that their obedience, Father, and humility will produce favor as they're continually living in obedience, continually living in humility, Father, that favor will come, that it will arrest them, arrest them to the degree that they will be able to walk in it and cause them to recognize that they're walking in favor, not just say it came and it went. But let it always be present, Father. I give you praise for that. And Lord, we walk in divine favor, God, even as a congregation right now. We walk in divine favor, trusting you, Father, for everything that we do and say. That you're working in us and through us, both to willing to do for your good pleasure. Lord, your good pleasure is to give your children the kingdom. So your good pleasure is to give your children the kingdom. So we receive your kingdom and all the favor that comes along with it. God, we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, disclaimer, don't just think because I prayed that prayer that all the favor is yours all of a sudden now and you have to do nothing to get it. Humility and obedience is a requirement 
in order to receive it. Now, once in a while, there are people that get favor every once in a while. They kind of bump into favor. Just kind of bump into it all of a sudden, and they go, well, where did that come from? I didn't, I didn't do anything to get this. And No, no. See, I'm, I'm, I'm working on getting favor. Continually working on getting favor. Continually working on staying favorable in the sight of my father. I want to be favorable in the sight of my father. <laughs> my mother won't tell you this, but I'm her favorite child. She won't tell you that. Yes, my brother, he'll tell you the same thing. I'm her favorite child. My brother will tell you that. I know it. It's that, no, no, I know it. I'm her favorite child. I mean, she has two. I'm her favorite. She didn't, it's not like my brother's a, he's a distant saint. He's way down there. <laughs> no, I'm not just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. But reality, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys don't understand jokes? Come on. But, but I'm her favorite. But <laughs> But the reality is this, you know, if you've ever been a favorite student, people called you a teacher's pet. All you were looking to do is to get good grades and to do your best and to become somebody that you couldn't be except, without, without, except that you had to have that teacher's assistance. So you get in that teacher's face quite a bit because the benefit is going to bring you personally. Teacher's pet is what that looks like. But I'm telling you, if you've ever been a teacher's pet and you've lived a long time being a, a pet of somebody or somebody's favorite for a long period of time, you don't want to live without that favor. Because once you get it, you don't want to live without it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that he's good. Because once you have tasted of this heavenly gift, oh, you're not going to want to turn your back on that. You don't want to say, oh, well, it was okay. No, 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 God was just not okay. The favor of God is just not okay. Because when you live in it, listen, once you've been poor and you've been rich, you don't want to be poor again. No, no, you don't want to be poor again. <laughs> I, I don't think we were, I say that we were poor, I don't think we really were poor. Because we lived in a very nice home and a whole lot of good things were going on. I, I don't think we really were poor. I think my neighbors were poor. They came eat up all our food all the time, so I mean, I mean it must have been, I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> I'm just having fun today. Oh, man, I, this is not even good. I'm supposed to be in my Bible here up here. Oh, man. I'll give you one scripture so I feel like I did something today. Okay. All right, here we go. One scripture. I'll give you the very last one. Verse 34. Surely his scorn is the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. That's favor. The wise shall inherit glory. This is Proverbs 3, verse number 34 and 35. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. See, the humble... That's what we're talking about today. The humble get the favor. You, wa you watch the humble folks that you know, and they always get in favor. They're kind of like, huh, how do you do that? How, how are people always kind of coming up to you doing things for you? They live in a humble, humble fashion. Now, you, you, <laughs> you watch a cocky person, they're kind of up. And then like down, up, 
and then down. And they always seem to get back up by their own bootstraps kind of thing. But because they don't walk in humility, they don't understand what it is to be graced while you're going through. It's a whole lot more painful when you're not humble when you're down. It's a whole lot more painful when you're, when you're not humble and being down. And there's a total lack of appreciation when you're on top and not humble. Because the lack of appreciation can cause you to go right back down. Paul says, I learned how to be abased and abound. I know how to be there and up. I know how to be down and up. I can handle the middle. I can handle the down. I can handle the up because I'm going to be humble through it all. And now, obedient. Obedient. That, that big old word, obedience, that we really want to do, but we don't always do. But when I humble myself, now watch this, when I humble myself to God's word, I humble myself to receive his word, the engrafted word of God, which is able to save my soul. When I humble myself to receive his word, I am saying, God, now I'm going to trust. Yeah, come on. I'm going to, okay, remember. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean and not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The directing of the path is a favor. <laughs> The directing of the path is a favor because we had to do something. The humility aspect of it, the obedience aspect. Now we've got to trust him, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Me, okay, I trust you, God, with all my heart. And lean out your own understanding. I don't get it. I don't understand it. How many of you have trusted God and didn't understand it? Come on and tell the truth and say, I, I'm trusting God, but I sure don't understand it. I, I, listen, I trust God a lot and don't understand him half the time. But I keep on trusting him. And I keep on trusting him and keep on trusting him. And lean not to your own understanding. Listen to this. He didn't have to say, and lean not to your own understanding. He could have said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And left it right there. And all of us will be trying to, trying to lean to our own understanding and try to, how to understand how we trust God like this. Now, how can I trust God in this situation? How can I trust God in this circumstance? How can I trust God now? He said, lean not to your own understanding. But this, do this, in all of your ways, in everything you do, acknowledge him. And he will do what? Direct your path. He'll give you favor in the midst of it all. He'll give you favor when you don't, you don't, you, you don't, you don't understand it. In your misunderstanding, in our misunderstanding, God gives us favor because we, in all of our ways, we acknowledge him. Okay, Father, I'm acknowledging that I trust you. Okay, Father, I'm acknowledging that you gave me this word. Okay, Father, I'm acknowledging that you lead me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Okay, Father, I'm acknowledging that I don't really get this whole thing, but I'm just walking by faith and not by sight. I'm trusting you, God. I don't understand it, but I'm trusting you, God. As we walk this good fight of faith, fight this good fight of faith, <laughs> watch this. We're swinging in the air. Wrong fight. Flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers, rulers, and darkness in the heavenlies. And you've got to trust that God's going to fight that fight for you. Let the Lord fight your battles. 
We, we, we get to the place where we're trying to do everything ourselves and, and we're not putting our trust wholly in him. And when we don't put our trust wholly in him, we're not acknowledging, we're, we're leading to our own understanding and then we're acknowledging our own ways and not his. We're not acknowledging him, but we want to acknowledge him. Acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. I want his favor. I want his favor like that. So I'm humble. I'm obedient. I'm trusting in him. And I lean to my own understanding. I'm leaning to his understanding. And even when I don't understand what I think I understand, listen, when I don't understand what I think I understand, I'm still trusting him. And that I'm also acknowledging him. That he's what God. Didn't need me to be God. He's God all by himself. Didn't need my circumstance to be God or choke like God. He was God all by himself before that. He knows everything that's going on. And everything that will go on. And knows where you'll be on the other side of it if you trust him. When you trust him. So we're walking through this thing and seeing him do all these wonderful things in our lives as we trust him. Amen. I'm going to stop. I'm just going to stop here. And uh,